0: Good morning, and happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. There we go. I just want to give a special welcome to those of you that are visiting. We are glad that you are here. To those of you that are joining us online, welcome to Richland Church. Uh, A couple announcements for you guys before we get started. Next Saturday at 430 we will be having mosaic and it is gonna be outdoors. I am so excited about this. We're gonna be outdoors in the grassy area of our church, worshiping and just enjoying um, all that we're gonna have. So as it is outdoors, we were able to get a fire permit. So we're gonna have the fire pit going. And for food, we're asking people, we're gonna be doing all the hot dog fixings. We ask that you bring your own whatever you would like to eat for the meat part of it, some roasting sticks, and a chair to sit on. So Mosaic next week at 4.30. It is for everyone. Anyone can come, and we hope to see you there. Another announcement for you guys, our men's breakfast, as you have heard or hopefully seen, has been postponed due to some uh, different conflictions. And so we don't have a date for that quite yet, but when we do, we will let you know. So Mosaic next week at 4.30, and men's breakfast has been postponed. But that's all the announcements we have for you guys today. Welcome, happy Sabbath, and we're glad you're here. Go ahead and stand with us for worship.
1: Nothing else.
2: They are big.
3: And they're shiny in this light. Um, Let's start with prayer. Father in heaven, I ask for your Holy Spirit, and I pray that you would bless us that you would bless all of us in this house, the children in their divisions, all of us that sit here. Send your angels to sit and fill in the empty places and lift us up to your throne. Speak to our hearts, bless our visitors, and I pray, Father, that you would inspire us again. I plead for you for the Holy Spirit to help me keep every thought in line and to remember all that you have shown me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I cut my hair. (laughs) I I had a student that I wanted to encourage her haircutting abilities, and evidently um, this was just an inch off the bottom. (laughs) And, And then it got very poofy today. I told my husband not to give up his day job. You know, But then I remembered I was doing his day job today. <laughs> no, Sergio really had nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit because I, I really never share this with the church members. And we've been here almost six years now. And uh, a church member brought this up to me a while back. Um, and I've never explained this to anybody. I have severe ADD. I had it before it was popular and I'm pretty sure I might have even invented it. I I think I'm the oldest living ADD person, but never did drugs, nothing to do with any of that. I have a brain that, and the best way I have learned to explain it, I have seven floors like an apartment building and I have one elevator. And it's not that we don't understand things or we can't keep up with you. The problem is is I have seven to eight floors that are all going simultaneously. And you can stop them at any moment and there's full stories on each one. I actually have to work with three tables. If you come to my house, you'll see my three tables. One of them has an art project. One of them has my studies on it. And another one has a little business thing on it. So when I can't, I start to read and I can't, think I go do art and when I do the art I remember oh I know what that is and I'll come back it's it's a very bizarre weird thing and it does exist I was glad they finally figured out what it was but since I was a kid my mom and my sisters would all be like Nancy Nancy are you listening to me Nancy and I I'm deep in and I'm like, oh wait, I have to go to the elevator, down to the floor where you are and talk to you. It's like, oh yeah, and then I completely, it's like you put a card over it and everything underneath is gone. You can't remember what you were, what was I studying and what was I thinking about? And yet you can have immense details because you have all these ideas. And and, and it's a weird little thing, and I have learned to cope with it, and I've learned learned what it was when I began to study it for my daughter. And then I went, oh, I've had that all my life. I, I know what that is, you know? And I've learned how to try to focus, but focusing is hard. So when we leave church every week, there's like 50 people I want to talk to. And kiss and hug and, you know, everything. And somebody comes and starts talking to me, and... This woman said, you just walked away from me. I was telling you a very important story. And I went, oh, my goodness, because did you ever watch that film, Up? Yeah, that's me. I'm the dog. Da-da-da-da-da. Squirrel. <laughs> and now I'm in church, and when we leave, it's like, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Oh, they. Oh, I need to give them that envelope, and I need to do this and so my ability so you have to stop me you have to meet me over here where i can look at you face to face or in another place but i apologize if i've ever come across that way here's what's amazing i don't know how god lets me preach i i can't remember names worth beans but yet for some reason god lets me preach And here's my encounter with God when I was a kid. I used to go to church. And I used to say, oh my goodness, how can they talk about God in such a boring way? (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) And I did not grow up in this church, so you don't have to take it personally. Um, And I used to get there, and as I got older, it got worse. I was like, how can you talk about God and these stories in such a boring way? And I used to say, you know, if I, they ever let me, I think I would preach. Oh, boy. <laughs> so God put my life in my mouth. <laughs> you know, he made me be here. And it is intimidating to try to be profound every week, to know that the blood of people is upon you, that you have to speak truth, that you better be connected, and you better know. And so there's this sense of a holy place when you come. Of, and for me, it has become a place where I feel closest to God because knowing who I am, I know he's standing right here and his angels are standing here and his Holy Spirit is here and he is doing what is impossible. Amen. That's my encounter. And I never, I never dreamed, I never dreamed I wanna tell you, um, we're gonna talk about a story in the Bible that everybody knows. So I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter two. And this is another lady who had no idea what she was asking God. We'll start with verse 1. The, the jo- then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim to go where, go look over the land. He said, especially Jericho. So we went and we entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here to, uh, tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said that the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went, Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she but she had taken them to the roof and hidden them, and under the stalks of flack she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of Jordan. And soon, as the pursuers had gone, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Shihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, who you completely destroyed, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is a God in heaven, um, in the heaven above, and of the earth below. So here you have this. I mean, it's such a little story in the Bible. But I want you to picture in your mind, I think I have um, the first picture of, I'm trying to think who this, is. this was, Jer- Jericho was a town that was known and has been known in archaeology as they believe one of the first towns ever made, Towns, city. It was huge. Some of them say it's 11,000 years old, but I don't think the earth is that old but it was kind of like from the very beginning there was a Jericho and in the land of Canaan and had these huge gigantic walls and so you have this woman now Jericho was not known because it was a good city Jericho was known for its cruelty its slave labor and its incredible immorality it was also known for its incredible riches so you have this picture of this woman who is a prostitute she knows who she is she's at the bottom women were not esteemed a prostitute was way down there and for some reason she lived in a hole in the wall she lived in this little tiny cubby of a place in the wall of jerusalem And for some reason, we don't know why, I don't know why they say no details about this, how did this woman hear about Israel? How did she hear about them coming? Because there's no cell phones, there's no TV. So she either went down, and and I've seen this in South America, they will have these great big stones and they usually have a spigot of water and the women come every day to wash their clothes and so there was this maybe she was there and the women were all ah, you're not going to believe this what happened oh did you ever hear about those guys they were the ones that walked right through the middle of the sea and you know God is with them there's something they say God is with them so he's um Did she hear hear it from a customer? We'll never know. How did she hear? But there's something in Rahab that is so different because everybody in the town was afraid. Their hearts were melting. They were afraid as they saw this. There was 40,000 just fighting men. I do not know if they all had wives, all had children, and there were men who were not fighters. There were men of different ages. There were teenagers. So I don't know what that number would look like of how many people were crossing this plane. And so she hears it, and even though she lives in this city with stones, huge, heavy stones, a city that had been living since the beginning, since anybody could remember. A city where there's stone upon stone, brick upon brick. And she somehow said, well, maybe we should follow them. Maybe we should give in. I don't know. Somebody, and, and the people around said, oh, it's just a fantasy. That didn't really happen. I'm sure somebody said that to her. But for her, the reality was, is the fantasy of serving and walking alongside a God who loved and honored them and fought with them. And open seas sounded a whole lot better than her reality of living in a stone city. But the people within the city were banking. They were banking on the strength of those walls. They were saying, this place is too big, they can't take this place down, it's huge. There's no way, there's no way that they can destroy Jericho. And all their fighting men were on full high alert, standing around the city waiting for something to happen. And fear goes through and somehow this woman, this woman in the wall, this woman who was nobody, This woman who knew nothing about God or his people sees these two men walking down the street and hides them. And she even lies because that's who she is. She doesn't know any different. She's lived in a place of full evil all the time. She knows nothing about God. But when she hides them and they come, she fears their God more than she fears the very soldiers she knows could take her life. Her fear has turned to faith. And she sees these men and she hides them. And when they come to look for them, and she goes, Oh, yeah, they were here, but then they left. If you hurry up and go that way, I'm sure you'll catch them. You know, she lies. <laughs> because and, and I think if she had known, she probably would have trusted God and he would have done something really unique. I don't know. She, she just tells this because that's all she knows. So after they leave, you see Rahab begging, please, I believe that you are following a living God. Please save my family. I know you'll destroy this place. Will you save me and my family? And the next picture is just a painting But I love this picture because she hid them. What was the conversation that night? What was her first encounter with the ideal of a God of Israel? A God, a real God. Not a sun, not a moon, not a cow. She's sitting with these men who have a knowledge that she has never heard. And she's begging them, save my life. And yet she really doesn't know anything. But here's this hope for every heathen that ever walked in a church, that ever wondered, and doesn't really know a lot about God, but they put their faith that there is a God and that he can save them. There is hope because of Rahab's story. And so they wait. And during this time, when all of the men of Jericho are full of fear and running around, there's some really special things that are going on in Israel. And, And if you put the story on like it was happening today, he picks 12 men, he picks the leaders of each tribe, of the 12 tribes. And he says, go wake up all your people. In three days, we're going to walk through Jordan. Now, I'm not sure that if I started calling you tomorrow and say, get up, in three days, we're going to walk through the Columbia on bare ground. I'm not sure how many of you would just roll over and go back to bed and say, she's lost her mind, finally. <laughs> you know, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so you have this picture of they rose up, And there were many of them who, because they had been wandering for 40 years, had not been circumcised. They went through and circumcised. And we've studied that quite a bit. They circumcised everybody who wasn't. They dedicated everybody. And then Joshua said, do exactly what God has said. Do not take any silver or gold. It is to go in the Lord's treasury. And you have this picture where he says, it is holy be careful, be careful, and so they're getting ready. We know the story, this story we all know. Jericho, this not Jericho, I'm sorry, Jordan, the river Jordan. What I never thought about was stop 15 miles up the river in a place called Adam. I always thought they walked straight through. Jericho was right on the other side of the river, you know? So all of a sudden, they had the, it says by a wall of water, it stopped. And these people, 40,000 men plus wives, children, and everybody else walked through. And 12 of the each tribe carried this huge rock on their shoulders. And they were to go and walk before the the Ark and the Covenant. And as they walked, they picked them up from the middle of the river to prove for generations to come that those rocks had come from the bottom of the river. So you have this. This is all happening. And then they get to Jericho. Now here's what they told her. We want you to put a scarlet ribbon in your window. And, she said, and they said, do not leave your house. Get your family, put them there. Anybody, if you leave the house, we will not promise that we can take care of you. Stay in the house and wait. And she does. She puts up the ribbon, and there it begins, the walk around. I'm sure the first day, it scared them half to death. What are they doing? What's going on here? They're not coming close enough. They're just out there blowing horns, walking. They have soldiers and people blowing horns, priests. And they have the ark, this thing, this box they're carrying. And they're going around. Did she sit from her window, the very window where she let the spies, and look out and see them come by? What do you think her response was? Do you think she was like, or like in stun? Just stunned to see that, and it happens again and again. And I think by Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day towards the end of the week, I imagine the guys on the wall said, Okay, these people are nuts. They're not good. There's nothing they can do to us. This is their ideal of an attack. And they continue. But when they get to Sabbath, they take the ark up and they begin to blow their horns. And they go seven times. And all of a sudden, Rahab realized, this is different. This is different. And here's Rahab. And then all of a sudden, at the seventh time, they blow the horns and they shout with all their might. And I have to tell you a funny story. A friend of mine, we were at the women's ministry. We were both speaking up front. And her name was Juanita Kretschmar. She ran the Van Center in New York. Amazing, amazing person of faith. And um, we were getting ready to go up front, and she came over, and she goes, my husband just called me. Somebody broke into our house. I went, oh, no. And she goes, now you, Merlin, her husband, was about 6'3", and he was huge. and He was a little bug-eyed, and he was he was kind of a funny, scary, wasn't he? He's a different kind of guy. And he was laying in his bed, and he all of a sudden realized somebody was in his bedroom. And he wasn't sure what to do, so he prayed. And then he, he said, I just got this crazy idea. God, and he, God said, shout. And he sat up in bed and shouted at the top of his voice. Oh. I guess between his, the way he looked and everything, um, the guy just turned around and ran away. You know? And when I read this story, it's the same thing. It, they shouted. There was no take out the swords or anything, they shouted. And we can't understand it unless we stand next to a castle and we, we look at how they're made. And you look at stone upon stone and you realize, oh my goodness, it, what did Rahab hear? As she heard everything collapsing around her, they must have huddled, they must have prayed, and she heard all the commotion as the whole city fell, as the whole city was demolished, as all the people that lived there were demolished. Um, where, do you have, can you turn to the next picture? And this is what's left. That, it's a weird place. It's just a strange flat top and you, you know, um, and could you show the next one? This one's a little blurry. I'm sorry, but at one end, as archaeologists have been studying this place, there is two places. At one, at the low end, there's still some what it might have looked like. And at the other end, the high end, there is still a wall that's about five feet tall that they can see the rooms that are pressed against. The, so that's where she crawled out of. She crawled out of one end or the other because that was the part that wasn't collapsed. So we may be looking at the very end. I don't know. But the very end where Rahab, the first believer in her family was saved by the power of god she had this encounter and the two spies went and ran to her place and they found the ribbon and they they take her out and they take her to the to the people of israel but they put her on the outside it says it's kind of an odd thing i thought well why would they treat her like that and they and i started thinking about and i thought about now rachel is a prostitute. That's all she knows. She talks like a prostitute, walks like a prostitute, thinks like a prostitute, and she's a prostitute. Her family are Canaanites. They think like Canaanites. And I think they put her in a zone to protect her. And she had to learn everything about God. What it meant to have a living God and walk with a living God. It was hard enough for me when I became an Adventist and I could remember that um, the first time we went to the cafeteria, everything was so odd for me because it was a whole different new way of thinking. But I remember the first time they said, oh, we're having, I don't know what it's called, the chicken? Fried chick, yeah, fried chicken. I was like, oh yeah, the first time I get to eat meat, this is great and they put it in yeah it tastes just like chicken and i remember putting it in my mouth going you guys haven't eaten chicken in a while have you (laughs) because i'm pretty much sure it was a sponge and i I just remember i mean things little things because it's different you know and i can remember being invited out to thanksgiving i thought oh yay turkey and they said you do know they're they're probably not going to have real turkey there It'll be some kind of vegetarian thing. And I remember going, oh. And when we got there, they had a real turkey. (laughs) And I was like, I wasn't an Adventist. I was just a person on the outside. And and those are all little things. But she had to learn even little things. She had to change the way, and and the road to recovery is not a short thing. It's a journey. But from this moment on, she walks with Israel. She sees them. Here, after the Jordan, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. These people conquered. Jericho, Ai, Jerusalem, Hebram, Jarmuth, Eglon, Gizer, Debra, Debir, um, Geter, Horma, There are 31. Those are only some of the ones I can pronounce. Oh, there was Dor. (laughs) Thank goodness. Somebody named a short thing. Dor, Gilgal, 31 conquered 31 cities. And Rahab saw the hand of God. And she walked away from everything she had. Everything was destroyed when Jericho went. She walked into that camp with her family. That's it. And she becomes part of the tribe of Judah and is put in the land of Canaan. She goes right back to the place that they have taken everything away. And part of her inheritance was she lived there and was honored as a hero for the people. So much so, that she married a very prominent Israelite man, and she is the mother of Boaz, the mother of Boaz who marries Ruth, and on and on until you get to Jesus. And you look back in Jesus' line, and you see a woman in the wall who had an encounter with God, a God she didn't even know, and put all of her faith that the things you don't see are more real than the things you do see. And here's the trick. We look at heaven and we think that's a fairy tale. And we sit ourselves so strong in our cities, whether it's your money, your house, your education. Only one life is money matter. That's this one. It's not gonna happen later. So if you're resting on that, or the lack of that, it's gonna be an eye-opener for you, because heaven is not run on money. So if you have a chance at this hour, we can say, I don't care how strong the world, or how crazy that world looks, we have a place that we are going, and we're headed to heaven. And whatever little bit we have, We pull it and we follow and we listen to the word of God and we put everything in it. Whether you're called like Joshua to lead thousands or you just end up walking through the desert and your life is not real exciting, but every day you're growing closer to Christ. It doesn't matter to God. He sees it. I had a friend and I'll end with her story. There was this girl when, when I was in, I went to Southern College and studied theology. And uh, she was with me, she worked at the village market. She was very quiet, quiet, cute, the cutest little Latino, Latina, Latina girl. And she heard I was going to Indonesia as a, but I had family that had a lot of money and I had asked for money to help me pay for my trip, and I remember they would give me $20 or something. I was like, oh man, I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to make it, and I was sitting there one day, and uh, I said, I don't know why my, you know, why my family is, because, you know, they had a different religion, and she said to me, I'm going to give you some I said, no, you barely are paying for school, you know. And she looked at me, and she took it out, and she goes, I have $20 for you. And I said, no. And she goes, this is my birthday money. It was so, it just broke my heart, you know. And she goes, I want you to have it. And I said, no, I cannot take your $20. You know, you barely survive. And she said, and your birthday money and she goes, I want for my birthday to buy a missionary. And she said, and everything you do and everywhere you go, I help pay for that. So I am here by the faith of a girl, a little girl who who said, here's my $20, it's everything I have, I wanna buy a missionary. That's my encounter with Christ, the God who comes after us and never stops. Anyway, I enjoyed sharing this with you. I hope it blesses you and I love to hear of your stories of faith. And uh, keep, keep strong in this hour. It's time for us to be together. It's time for us because who knows, what's gonna happen next. In this hour, let us study our Bibles like crazy. In this hour, let us press together, press together, press together. And uh, today, my my neighbors came, my friend Gail, and during the pandemic, she reached over the front fence and she said, do you think you could study the Bible with me? (laughs) I love her. And uh, they are members of a different church. And, but she said, I need to study it because I have a lot of anxiety. (laughs) And Becky had just given me a book on how to cope with anxiety. I'm like, okay, God, (laughs) you know, we have to think differently. We have to think that no matter what's happening in this world, that God is sovereign, that he's in control, and that by his power, we will bring down Jericho. By his power, we will conquer a world that Satan thinks is his, and it is not. So have a good Sabbath.
4: we continue to worship God this
2: afternoon.
1: Walking Fine now. My heart will sing your praise again, oh Jesus, you're still enough, Jesus, you're still enough, oh so keep me, keep me within your love, my heart will sing Promise still stands. Great is Your faithfulness, Your faithfulness. I'm still in Your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed. Your promise still stands. Great. Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed. Your promise still. still
3: But you, Jesus, are the only rock we can lean on. There is no city stronger. There is nothing on earth that can save us. Except for you. We put our trust in you today. We ask you, open our eyes. Help us to see you. Help us to experience you. Show us the way. And keep our eyes ever open for Rahab on the edge of the wall. Those people that are people of God that have had no chance. Help us to have compassion and love too. And thank you because we are Rahab. And I just ask that you bless our church as we pull together. Show us what to study. Show us how to pray. Father in heaven, we want to get ready to go across Jordan. Show us what to do. Be specific. In Christ's name I ask, amen. Please welcome my neighbors. And I have to tell you this week, I want to tell you, this man Rick can find nature. He's the most amazing nature person. And I have five baby owls living in my tree in my backyard, and he found them isn't that cool? they're the cutest little things i want to keep them i want to put jewelry on them <laughs> little little ti- tiaras they're the cutest things ever and my friend gail has kept me through this covid we pray for each other we hold each other up we constantly and that's what we have to do please find somebody read a book together, study the Bible together, do whatever you have to do to increase your faith, and God will make the lessons become alive around you. As you're reading it, it all of a sudden becomes part of your world. Isn't that true? And you begin to realize how real God is. So please welcome, my friends, and um, welcome to all of you that are visiting today. Thank you so much. Have a great Sabbath.